electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market side overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Karen Feinerman, and Guy Adami. Tonight, a $33 billion energy deal. Chevron buying Anadarko Petroleum, and the match could be about the whole sector on fire. We've got those details, but we start off with today's market rally. The Dow surging nearly 300 points as better-than-expected earnings from J.P. Morgan and strong data out of China give investors a sense of euphoria. And here are the words that helped spark today's rally from J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon. If you look at, you know, you look at the American economy, the consumer's in good shape, the balance is in good shape, people going back to the workforce, companies have plenty of capital, capital expenditures are still up year over year. There's no law that says it has to stop. You know, we do make a list and look at all the other things, you know, geopolitical issues, you know, lower liquidity. So there, you know, there may be a confluence of events that somehow, you know, causes a recession, but it may not be in 2019, 2020, 2021. And just wow. like that, everything is awesome again. The S&P 500 about a percent away from all-time highs as we head into earnings season. The depths of it, where expectations are low, the Fed's on hold, even as the economy remains in good shape. So is everything really awesome again? What do you buy now, Guy? Uh, that's my favorite. It's become Tegan my favorite. It's your ringtone, I it's thought. On my spot, and it's on my Spotify playlist that yeah, I created sure. myself. Who sings it? Who sings Excuse it? me? Who sings it? Uh, that, the one you saw last night, Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Tegan and Sarah. I, I, Sarah I don't think Tegan everything's Tyler. awesome, but to, to, to Jamie Dimon's credit, I mean, this, he didn't say this just today. He's been saying this for quite some time, and quite frankly, he's been right. The banks obviously have been doing well. Kudos to everybody on this. That's probably but myself. I would submit that, you know, gold, Jamie Dimon's J.P. Morgan, you know, $57.5 tangible book. You know, you're getting close to, at current price, almost two times Price a tangible book. I mean, that's sort of the deep end of the pool. With that said, what can you buy? Well, I still think you can buy some of these uh, under-the-radar uh, retail type of stocks. Dollar Gen, which didn't do anything today, but that had a great bounce off their earnings release. And I still think Big Cap Farm is the place to be, despite the fact that over the last week, week and a half, they've sold off. Is everything yeah. awesome? Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Right? okay. There's some good China data. <laughs> I think a good that- song, too. But no, I, really I think, you know, J.P. Morgan, that was great. But I think what really set up for it to be great was they really downplayed that quarter in their 10K, right? They really talked uh, They really talked the first quarter down. So it's not shocking that it's better because things sort of improved as, as the quarter went along. I mean, you know, they had talked about high teens uh, down for trading revenue. That came in much better. Net interest income was better. Um, expenses were in line. So there's a lot of good things to like. Probably shouldn't have been at that price. So um, I'm very happy that it's trading up, but it, I think there's still room to run. I it. don't think anything that happened today is sustainable. I don't think China's sustainable. I don't think J.P. Morgan is, is sustainable. But, I don't think banks are sustainable. So everything but, is not awesome. But, but, J.P. Morgan was my final trade yesterday because I think it's about positioning. I think it's about positioning. I think it's about emerging markets. I think it's about the trade deal. I think it's about a ton of things that are going on. I just don't think that they're sustainable, but I do believe that you can still buy energy, and financials until this plays out. So, so look, everything is awesome. One of the problems is that everything actually 
seems awesome to everybody else as well. So look at the VIX. The thing that worries me is a 1220 on the VIX, 12.2. Um, that means everything is really awesome. There's no risk. There's nothing. There's no Fed. Uh, dollars weaker. You have decent growth out of the banks, record profits. Uh, and by the way, we also now have an energy sector, which indicates M&A is more is coming. And that means maybe more is coming for every other sector. So why isn't everything really, really awesome? Because I think that the, the, the bullishness amongst investors right now is probably getting a little bit euphoric. And if you look at uh, relative strength indicators, if you look at these bull bear indicators, again, we have a spread of almost 40 now on bull bear. To put that into context, this is kind of through where we were in October in terms of bullishness. So um, what I still think, today's bank earnings were exactly uh, what you know, dare I say, I think I expect for the rest of the earnings period. There are a lot of people that don't think you're going to get anything. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you've got CEOs that are willing to get out there and talk about their business. Both these guys were mentioning positioning going into this season. I just wonder, Guy, you know, we got the read from the banks strong. We also got the negatives out of Wells Fargo, if you really wanted to pick apart. You know, they were saying that the economic indicators they see foreshadow an uptick in unemployment, and that's why they increased their provisions. and the expectations for banks in particular were so low going into the season. So how are we setting up for the rest, you know, the bulk of the markets, the, the areas of the markets like the industrials, for instance? Well, that's People why are I really think, looking at look, the, I think Boeing, Boeing and Caterpillar are obviously two extremely different stories, but I think they're both very interesting. And I think they report next week, I think on the 24th. So if I'm looking for anything, it's Boeing and Caterpillar. Caterpillar, the poster child for global growth, and obviously what's going on with Boeing over the last couple of weeks. Again, you know, I think earnings are fine. I, I don't think they're overwhelmingly fantastic. I just think, to Tim's point, the market's gotten so complacent. I mean, really, what's the difference between what happened towards the mid, the, the beginning to the end of December, as opposed to what we're seeing now? You just had huge negative sentiment. Now you're just having the things, exact same thing the other way. The fact that the VIX closed at 12 today, to me, and the, and the bar, the bar is, is, is set so low. Everyone was waiting for this earnings recession. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have the earnings recession, then, you know, people were, were looking at going negative. And I think people look at an earnings recession as we're going negative on earnings, not that we're going to be slightly lower or their only, EPS is only going to be up X percentage. So I think we got a little overly negative to Guy's point. So you sound kind of bullish then. I'm bullish enough so that the laggards can catch up a bit here. Look at what happened today. You had software stocks sell off. You had technology. You had biotech sell off. But what ran? Financials and energy. The laggards. That to me is not a lot of conviction. And industrials, though. It's about it's about a catch up. Industrials, right? I mean, we've seen like FedEx is well beyond where it was when they missed and it traded down. It's well higher than that now. So I think the bar was low, but the quarter as the quarter went on, the economy improved. Confidence improved. And so to me, it's not really so much what are they announcing now, it's what's the outlook. And if we have a trade deal, I think that is a, uh, that, that can. I, I, that can be the ballast to hold this. To, to Guy's point, use. though, in terms of like what changed from the beginning of December to the end of December, the Fed changed. Now, of course, the Fed, right? right? No, I know that. That was gone, the and, and then in January, throughout yeah. this quarter, we heard we had confirmation that the Fed yes. is really on the sidelines. And so, are we well, look, complacent, but for good reason because the Fed is completely out of the picture and rates are so low? Yes, I mean, look, I don't think you fight central banks. It's the most important factor that markets are facing. And if and if, if rates stay low and central banks continue to prime the pump, there's there's plenty to go. Remember. 
Also, we're coming back into the market for a lot of these central banks. PBOC is not done. I think China's got a lot more to do. Um, and I think with a weaker dollar, you've got a lot of room for these resource trades that, that actually have, have underperformed in the last week. In fact, we had a little bit of a growth downward scare. Copper was down 2% a couple days ago. Freeport, all the steals. I bought some calls in U.S. Steel, a position I actually have slightly long. Um, and I added some calls to it because this, to me, is a time when I think you're getting reaffirmation of global growth. And the export numbers out of China may be a lumpy, volatile uh, data series. But, but you can't tell me they're not going to continue to be pushing it here. And we're starting to get, I know you love this term, Guy, some green shoots coming oh. out of the European Union. If you look at industrial production this week, it was a lot better. Do you hate that expression? I, yeah. green sh- I, I don't like green shoots. I don't like uh, Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Yeah. It makes me crazy. Hump day. Obviously, hump day. Hump day is a <laughs> turkey, turkey day. day. Turkey, turkey day. day. Yeah. I mean, there's probably we should actually do a list online. I think yeah, just, yeah, many people would be fascinated. Save it for Twitter, it. like ten. <laughs> Maybe save it for the Twitter. Do you see yeah. green shoots coming out of Europe? Uh, Tim's the European expert. I mean, do I? See, I think. I think the. The level, it's getting less bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if that's green shoots, then that's a good thing. I mean, sometimes, and you make the point all the time, sometimes that's the best time to be in stocks when things are getting less, less bad, bad, not yeah. necessarily right. turning the corner. I, I, I don't know if they're, I don't and know the if they're. Is, the DAX, I would just, it, it's taken forever for this thing to break out. It's now well above the 200-day, and, and I would watch the DAX and EM because until they break down, They've been moving higher. They've been so, making So I'm, I'm not sure it's getting less bad. Maybe you have one off here and there as far as data points. But I don't know what the ECB is going to do to solve the problems. I, I think that they're doubting even their own resolve with, with any type of, of stimulus that they can offer. You have all these markets that they've had three or four or five years of stimulus. Then they backed off. Now they're going to prime the pumps. A lot of these markets are at the same exact spot where we started this massive stimulus. I, so I, I get that. And, and all I would say is we're now 10 years into a post-crisis environment where we've never really had uh, substantial growth take, take hold. In fact, when we started to get it last year with Global Synchronized, we threw trade uh, tariffs in the middle of it and boxed it all down. So what's allowed markets to have the greatest bull market of all time? Central banks. Until this changes, I don't know why you even fight it. I, I really don't. I mean, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be cautious of the risks, mm. but, but this has been a painful move higher by uh, this market for a lot of people. I don't want to get too options action-y ahead oh, of options you action. You should involve. But, Karen, you're, yes. you're known to hedge your position. Yes. Um, and so I'm wondering, with the VIX at 12, right. are you doing that right now? I haven't yet, but I have to look, right? If, I, if I've done it in the low teens before, I have to do it here because I want to stay long what I own. And so to be able to sleep at night, I think you, you got to buy protection here. I hope that it goes to zero. I, simply, I, I think if you look at the S&P out to you know, September and summer, there's, there's a lot of volatility ahead. There's no reason not to actually take an opportunity of, of the VIX at 12. It's interesting. And quickly, so Tim said something, and he's, he's right. But my pushback would be, you know, I think we've learned central banks can never normalize. It just, they're not allowed to because the markets won't allow them to. If that's the case, can markets go up in perpetuity? Because that's effectively the calculus. And I can't believe... That that can be that can take. You don't think that you don't think that you don't think that if the economic data were were hands down undeniably strong, Wait, so, that so the markets would be able to normalize. About this being the greatest economy in the history of the. I mean, he's I don't, not my words. He says it is. Powell well. also said that he was going to raise rates. There was a, a 180 that was pulled, and that's what confused the overall markets. Powell had a different stance on the overall markets. He right. thought that the markets were in, on a much stronger footing, or else if the he didn't, the markets or the economy, the economy, because that's what he's basing it on. So. So if he did not feel that the economy was on a strong footing, then he should have never spoken the way he did uh-huh. in early October. I, th- I think he misspoke. I also think that, he, that they were surprised at how inflation has been 
just non-existent. non-existent. Yeah, I, I, that, I, I, that's the I have a problem with that too, that though. I, I don't think you're telling me that there's no inflation, but I'm going to tell you, we had a lot of PPI around the world again out this week. We had it in the United States. We've, we, we're, we're like 20 months above 2% on core PPI. We have inflation, okay? The measurement of inflation is totally screwed up because the bottom line is it's feeding straight through to the economy, higher wages. We're, we're hearing it about at restaurant prices. We're seeing it in the form of, of, of everything really other than buying, you know, T-shirts at, at, at so the then, Gap. So then what do you is, do with rates, higher. though? What do you do with rates? Is he wrong to keep rates where, where they're at now? I, I wouldn't do anything with rates right now. Look, it, you know, we're, we don't have U.S. Uh, we don't have the U.S. economy printing anywhere near recession. We're at two percent here. Uh, I would let it ride. All right. The Dow's big rally today, led by shares of Disney, hitting an all-time high after announcing the details of its new streaming service last night. Disney CEO Bob Iger sat down with our own David Faber on Squawk on the Street earlier today. We're going to continue to. Uh, put put uh, resources behind them to create great programming. I think long term you have to you have to put the consumer first. So if going all the way back to how this started, if we put Hulu and ESPN and Disney Plus into one product, the only way you can get these things is one. That's doing exactly what the consumer today doesn't want. Now, if there are consumers that want it that way, we'll give it to them that way, and hopefully, ultimately, in all three. One username, one password, make it really easy for them to do it in a discount. Shares of Disney posting its best day in nearly a decade off the announcement. Will the new streaming service live up to this hype? What do you do with an 11.5% gain on a product that it won't launch for years? I wouldn't do anything yeah. because people were looking for something to actually give Disney a reason to break out. Everyone that's, that's, that's had this issue with Disney being trading in a range for a long time, you got your issue. And, and this was a catalyst. Um, whether you believe they're going to get to 60 to 90 subs by 2024 and that profitability will start to happen, you know, really almost by 2023 and the spending won't be that negative. Look, this was a very important announcement for Disney and kudos to a couple of the analysts out there. Citibank was out there with that call. A lot of people missed this. And meanwhile, this has been telegraphed. Mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't chase it up here, right? As you said, this is a long time. But what, to me, it was most interesting was contrasting their, uh, you know, release and their description with Apple, and how lacking Apple was. I mean, you know, just in details about what their product is. And then I also, if, if Disney is coming at this with everything, and they're doing, they're spending what they have to spend. It really makes me wonder how does Netflix keep this valuation? Down four and a half percent today. Down four right. and a half percent. Right. Because no, I, don't think, I, don't think the, I don't think the numbers, I don't think people are going to go out. I think there's a, enough of the pie for people to have Disney, for people to have Netflix. I, and and you, don't do, you don't see it in the polling data that people are going to drop Netflix. I'm not saying let's say that's so. I think they're so, going to have both. But they're only going to have so many dollars to spend per month. So part of the Netflix valuation is based on, you know what, their users are absolutely price insensitive. They can continue to hike price at, you know, at will. I don't right. know that that will be the case going forward. Right. Definitely not the case. Guys. It's interesting. I mean, now on May, so we said it last night, above 120 is the breakout. Obviously, Tim just alluded to that. So it's broken out on tremendous volume today. We'll see. However, now you have Disney trading close to 21 times next year's numbers. That's a pretty hefty valuation given this announcement. And they report on May 8th. So the question you have to ask yourself is, do you take money off the table into earnings or to Tim's point, and I don't know the answer, or do you let it ride in earnings? But you have to know that it's coming, and it's coming soon. Coming up as earnings season kicks into full gear next week, there is one name the Chartmaster says could be the biggest loser. He will be here to explain what's got him so worried. Plus, Chevron and Anadarko setting the whole energy sector on fire with its $33 billion deal. And the traders will tell you what the next big energy deal could be. We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. 
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. Chevron buying Anadarko for $33 billion in cash and a massive deal that boosted the entire energy sector. This comes as David Faber reported Occidental also bid more than 70 bucks a share for Anadarko. So with deal fever seeming to hit the sector, we figured this could be a great time to play a Fast Money classic. We love Matchmaker. Oh, yeah. What sure. is the perfect energy match? Tim Seymour, what do you say? Well, I, w- I would add two companies that are very well known, um, both attractive, could be attractive to each other for the following reasons. Let's talk about Exxon and Chesapeake. Um, Exxon, ultimately, massive balance sheet, has not been growing anywhere on the upstream, actually has the ability to, to exert a lot of cost efficiencies. Chesapeake has balance sheet issues, and it's been a story of basically a balance sheet cleanup, possibly some divestitures over the last three years, heavy into nat gas, basically a, a place that Exxon made a massive investment in XTO you know, five years ago. So, look, I like this deal because I think it's, it's a case where you can actually improve the dynamics at Chesapeake very quickly with a company like Exxon with discipline, cost discipline, and, and some scale. Let me just push so, back yeah. a, a little bit on that. So I can see the, the wisdom of that, but Chesapeake isn't as big as some of the other ones out no, there. It's not. And if you're the, you know, if you're the Exxon, you need to, you want to move the needle with the deal, And it's right? no Permian, no Permian-centric at all. So they sold that a while ago. And the XTO deal blew up in their face. So that's the, that's the so they've been leaning towards more private companies versus going out and making a big splash like this. My, my view on this is, though, that there are assets here that I think Exxon can improve upon. And, and while I, you know, the, the Chevron uh, and the Darko deal is, is a game changer for both companies. But I, I don't think you need to have that be for Exxon and Chesapeake. It is for Chesapeake. All right, next up to play this game. Chairwoman. Yeah. What's a perfect match? <laughs> Uh, Exxon, Exxon, I guess, making the rounds. Yeah. Slutty Exxon, right? And Pioneer. Or whatever. Maybe just active. Lonely. Very friendly. Friendly. It's a Permian thing. Although, you know, normally when there's one big deal announced, I don't love to play matchmaker, but it's fun. And actually, if Occidental is out there as well, then there is this animal spirits trying to look to do deals. That happens. So that would be my pick. Now, this is Pioneer. unprecedented because we asked all these guys, the two players and everyone said Exxon and somebody else. So Grasso. So there are two, there, there, I'm going to say Exxon as well, but there are two other companies just to state it for, for the people that are looking at this at this spot, Total and Royal Dutch Well, I mean, Shell. if you're going to go integrated buying so you, a so you smaller have, company, but there could yeah. be a cross, I mean, as David Faber reported, it could have been an Anadarko Oxy. I mean, it doesn't have to be a it doesn't. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be, and there could be a lot of uh, mid-tier capitalization right. companies that With could that do it. Said, so Concho. And- so for me, it's CXO. I do believe that you want to have a Permian presence. I do believe that you want the right acreage, and the way that these things match up. Exxon and Concho have a lot of overlap, and I think this would make a ton of sense with the Permian. Guy, your combo. Well, it's Exxon. <laughs> yes. we, we, to your point, we weren't together when we did right, this. Right, right. You independently decided independent Exxon should game. buy something, which is right. interesting, I think. And I, mm-hmm. But I came up, I looked at some, but I came up with Apache. Now, this would probably be about a $25 billion deal, which is obviously a little bit bigger than Chesapeake. Would make sense for Exxon on a number of levels. They have operations here, UK and in Egypt. 
Same type of balance sheet issues, not as bad as Chesapeake. All these companies are somewhat levered. If Exxon can somehow unleash the potential of these companies, it makes a lot of sense. So, APA. All right. For more on Chevron and Anadarko's $33 billion deal, head on over to CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on Fast. Well, you know how much I love television, sir. Yes, Kenneth, and that's a lot. But while Wall Street is divided on which stock will win the streaming wars, the chartmaster sees something in the charts that could explain everything. Get ready to enjoy some of the rarest weed known to mankind. The cannabis craze is heating up. And with the high holiday just around the corner, Weed Week is coming to Fast Money. We'll break down how to profit from the reefer madness. There's much more Fast Money after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. Time for a major buzzkill on United Health. Shares dropping 5% today, 10% this week, and hitting a 52-week low after presidential candidate Bernie Sanders earlier this week doubled down on his Medicare for All bill, which would get rid of most private health insurance and create one government-run system. That's not the only healthcare company feeling under the weather today. Anthem, oh, Humana, yeah. Cigna, all down on the news as well. Guy? I think UNH is one of the great companies out that we've talked about this. This was a, basically a $300 stock in early December, I think, and you've seen the drop that it's had since then, all on basically all this chatter. Now, I think they're going to come out, I think, on April 16th and have a fantastic quarter, and you're talking about valuations that this stock probably hasn't seen in quite some time. So I'd be inclined to buy it ahead of this, and I think this is just a shoot first in terms of the stock. Ask questions later. Karen. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we, we for years, ever since uh, Obamacare was announced, there's always been the threat of Obamacare being dismantled, and, and this is this, I think, will just end up being... The same thing again. I don't think the Republicans want to take that up right now. And so I think that this is way overdone. I think it will fade. Um, I think the earnings will be good, but I don't know if the street cares about that, but it seems way overdone to me. I, I think the only problem with this is I, I agree that the Republicans shouldn't on paper want to take this up, but this Medicare for all and with rebates trying to go directly to the to the patient. All these things are major headwinds for the entire space. And I do think it's a bipartisan issue. All right. Time for the final trade. That time. Well, Tim. Yeah. So as if we didn't spend enough time on energy, I mean, I, I think ultimately, let me go back to Chesapeake because I think this is ultimately a, a, a cleanup story that has started to already clean itself up, especially on the Nat gas side. So whether it's takeout or not, I like Chesapeake. 
Grasso. I'm going to stick with the energy play. It's Matador, MTDR, Permian Exposure. It's a lower cap stock. It's about a $2 billion market cap, Matador. Chairwoman. Yes, well, we just spoke about it, Anthem, which I do own some already. I, I'd like to buy more. I'm going to buy some options. They report, uh, I believe it's April 24th, and I think this is overdone. Can't wait to see all the guys here here on set for options action in a few minutes. It's just my it's highlight of my week. Got a lot of OA traders. They may not be here. Apache. APA there, Melms. Have fun with an empty desk. Always up right after this. Stay here. <laughs> today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.